Welcome to Righteous Convictions with Jason Flom, the podcast where I speak with people who see the wrong in the world and are driven to make it right. Today, I'm speaking with a man who escaped drug dealing, street violence, and our juvenile justice system, not only for a career in the NBA, but a lifetime devoted to improving the situation that could have robbed him of his potential. You know, one of the greatest artists of all time, you know, Biggie, you know, the only way you can make it out, selling crack rock or a wicked jump shot. When I was incarcerated, I got to tell you, I seen some of the most amazing athletes ever. Man, we lost so many gifted, talented brothers to the system, and we still losing so many gifted, talented people to the system. Through his own foundation and the Beer Institute of Justice, he strives to curb violence as well as build bridges between law enforcement and communities of color. Karan Butler, right now on Righteous Convictions. dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com Welcome back to Righteous Convictions with Jason Flum. Today's guest is somebody you'll recognize as soon as I tell you his name. And he's someone who actually makes me cooler by degrees in the eyes of my son and probably a lot of other people just by having him on the show. And before I even get into why this makes so much sense to have you here, let me introduce Karan Butler. Karan, welcome to Righteous Convictions. Uh, Thanks for having me on, brother. It's a pleasure. Now, a lot of you know a lot of stuff about Karan, his incredible NBA career, college career, and his transformation into a successful analyst and announcer for the NBA. But what you may not know is what he had to overcome in the criminal justice system. You are a living, breathing example of why we need to reform the system and give people like yourself a chance to become the man that you've become. So let's rewind. You grew up in Racine, Wisconsin, right? Correct. My family migrated to Wisconsin from the South. My great uncle, Uncle Eugene Thornton, had ran away from Mississippi because he had slept with a white woman. They was looking for him and he had to dress up as a woman to leave the state and bypassed a lot of states. But that's how our family planted roots there in the state of Wisconsin. But uh, being Black, And the state of Wisconsin in the early 80s and 90s was just a difficult thing. It it was extremely segregated. It still is in some regions. And then people just had a segregated mindset where empowering people that didn't look like them was not a thing. 
It was always difficult growing up because everything that I seen from the second I jumped off the porch was this violence and drug sales, you know, lack of opportunities, you know, crabs in the barrel mentality. Also saw, and these are some of the good things that I saw in the community. I saw people, you know, coming together, even though it was a battle and a struggle to, you know, make it on a day-to-day basis. I saw, you know, a lot of camaraderie and unity, you know, so I knew it was love, but I also knew that hate existed. And I also knew that everybody was in survival mode. And you had numerous interactions with the law, right? You were, uh, I've read that you were arrested over a dozen times. Is that accurate? Yeah, 100%. Loitering, <laughs> guilt by association, picked up for a day, slapped in detention. I mean, you name it. And I'm going to fast forward just for a second. Even after I made millions of dollars, I got pulled over and harassed on a bicycle. Had to put my hands up, ask me where my ID was at, ask me did I have like a serial number and uh, all this this paperwork for uh, riding a bicycle. Yeah, it's straight up harassment. So in Racine, pre-NBA stardom, or really before you got into basketball at all, you were harassed and building a rap sheet of uh, inconsequential bullshit, you know, teenage activity that goes unnoticed or unbothered in other neighborhoods. You weren't exactly getting great representation either. I was never represented by a lawyer that had, I feel like, my best interests. The public pretender, they always came with bargains and plea deals that never benefited me, short term or long term. Every run-in that I had, even if I was guilty or not guilty of the crime that I was being convicted of, as long as it said it was no jail time attached, probation, I don't care how much short, long, I would accept it because I knew that the best thing for me was just to not go to jail and just, you know, stay free. Unfortunately, it's a familiar story. And while there are some very strong and well-meaning public defenders, no doubt about it, there are also those, and this is too common, who are doing a little more than just processing people through the system. You know, and with about 11 million people being churned through our jails and prisons every year, it's not like the chances of real justice taking place. I've really improved for poor black and brown kids since you went through it. And I'm glad you're here to shed some light on that because it affects all kids in neighborhoods like the one you came from all over this country. Neighborhoods that are flush with drugs, violence, and very, very little opportunity. So now, eventually, unfortunately, that environment got its hooks into you. And you were involved in some drug dealing, which resulted in an arrest of actual consequence this time. And because I was on papers at the time, they told me that I was already in violation of my parole and I was facing two to four years in prison. And it would have been a whole lot more had you not been 15 years old, right? But okay, so you end up locked up for how long on this charge? In total, I was locked down 14 months. And from what I've read, it was during that time that you really discovered basketball. I mean, but I mean, were you a strong player? Were you known around the way before all of that? Or was this like a totally new thing to you? It's hard to imagine you picked it up that late and got to where you got to. You know what? My my uncle Carlos went to some of the most prestigious schools in the state of Wisconsin because he was just a gifted mind. And he also was a talented basketball player. He was my idol and someone I looked up to. Now he had some costly decisions by hanging around some people that probably wasn't the best people in the world to hang around with. He was arrested. He ended up facing five years in the penitentiary. He was banned from high school sports, and he was just on the verge of becoming one of the most recruited players in the state. 
And I saw how his life was altered. So it wasn't until the correctional facility where the light bulb went off, where I had to think about things that I can do to pass time. And basketball was going to be one of those things to get through that stretch, to get through my bid. It, all, it just all of a sudden made sense to you that this was going to be your destiny. and But you hadn't, up to this point, I mean, you weren't like the dominant kid in the neighborhood playing ball or anything like that. It just, it's crazy. It sounds it sounds like a movie, honestly. The thing about me, and I don't want to boast or brag about this, but for the most part, whatever I ever put my mind and my, my like physical gifts towards, I was able to accomplish, you know. Since I was a kid, like if I wanted to win a push-up challenge, you know, fast forward to, you know, start hustling in the streets. I wanted to be the best drug dealer at my age. And I know that's one hell of a dumbass goal to pursue, but that's what it was at the time. I wanted to be the best at what I was doing. And I became that. And thank God for, you know, altering my life and my career path to put me in that position where I was able to focus on what the next chapter of my life was going to be like where you know I pivoted to something that brought joy to my family that brought joy to my life and it was basketball I had a lot of hiccups when I got out I had a lot of distractions and people wanted me to convert back to my old self my uncles was both locked up incarcerated the male role models and figures that I always turned to for guidance and I didn't have them thank God for the strong women that I had in my life, my mother, my grandmother, they helped guide me and keep me on the straight and narrow. Once I you know, got through the prep school part of it and went to University of Connecticut with the Hall of Fame coach, Jim Calhoun, who taught me about just the importance of family from a different perspective. You want to make sure that everybody's okay and you want to take care of them. And I realized that I had a gift that would possibly grant me millions of dollars if I stay committed to it. I mean, it's quite a remarkable turnaround when you took it just a few years from the time you're walking out of that prison, trading in a number back for your name, and then 2002 Big East Conference Men's Basketball Player of the Year. I mean, that is really, that's some like fairy tale kind of stuff. It's amazing, but it's real. When I signed my $50 million deal with the Washington Wizards, it was on October 31st, 10 years prior on October 31st, I was being sent to the correctional facility. Ten years later, I'm signing one of the biggest deals of my career and generational wealth created for my family. dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity. It's designed for women's unique retirement needs with flexible withdrawals to help cover unexpected expenses, plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. In other words, it's like getting a paycheck for life. We'll say that again. A paycheck for life. Guaranteed. Sounds too good to be true? 
It's not. It's the Parity Flex annuity, and it's one more example of their commitment to creating a better financial future for women. One where they feel empowered, not excluded, and ready to take on whatever their next chapter holds. Gainbridge believes financial flexibility and security are things we all could use more of. At Retirement Income You Can't Outlive is the ultimate flex. Who's with us? Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Please visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, for product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. I always thought about just going back and making sure that with this platform, I would make sure that I'm visible as possible, connected as possible, informed as possible, and being able to, you know, reach as many people as possible, uh, specifically and strategically in my community and in communities like mine. And that was the plan. I wanted to create relationships with cops and kids and bring awareness to some of the problems that I used to go through. And I was just like, damn, people don't recognize this. And this is before, you know, social media and before it was a trend to do things like this. I just wanted to really lay down that groundwork and just have those uncomfortable conversations and try to build those bridges. No one could have faulted you for getting into the NBA, living it up, just enjoying the fruits of your labor, uh, your fame, your newfound fortune. But it was only 2005, right? A handful of years removed from the prison system that you started organizing community outreach programs, encouraging communication and building strong relationships between young people and law enforcement. What inspired you to start? Well, it stemmed from like the worst tragedy. One of my best friends, Robert Nellum, he was uh, gunned down and killed shortly after me signing that uh, extension. And I had to go back and literally look at my best friend in the casket, bury him. Uh, my wife had to do all the arrangements. And after we put him in, in the ground, and um, I thought about what the community was feeling at the time. He was murdered. He was gunned down in a, in a bathroom, in a bar. And I thought about, like, the backlash that was going to come from it, you know, with, you know, rival gangs and everything and just, just the energy of someone dying. And I reached out to the police chief. We had a block party, which, you know, gatherings are always prohibited in a time like this because that's a place where everybody can just come together and do the most outlandish things if you had any malice in your heart. But I built basketball courts outside and, you know, I spoke, made it a community function. I told them if I'm able to be here with the loss of my friend, the loss of my loved one. Everyone else should be able to be here. If his family, if his mother, if his sister, if his loved ones are able to be here and not, you know, act in a violent way, you know, that want to build community and see good things going forward instead of, you know, more hate, things like that. We should all unify and come together and rally around something. Let his legacy and memory be a good thing. And we had many moments like that in our community where, we had some of the highest gun rates where people was being shot down on the streets in Racine, Wisconsin. And, and we would have, you know, just get togethers with the cops, with the community and just provide like those bridges and this togetherness and unity more so than division. And, you know, I was in the middle and helped orchestrate a lot of those things. So from this 
awful tragedy, you made something positive happen. You've got this Cops and Kids program going, and you eventually created the 3D Foundation, which honors students who exemplify the 3Ds of success. What are the 3Ds? 3Ds are really the, the foundation of everything I stand for. Determination, dedication, and discipline. I think that I would not be anywhere in life if I didn't have those qualities. And that's how we had the mentality of going into it when I started the foundation where we just wanted to give kids opportunities to do different things, you know, whether it was experiences at basketball games, whether it's experiences through reading and things like that. We try to create those experiences. You know, we're a strong believer in seeing this believing. And that's what the 3D Foundation is all about, giving kids a platform and opportunity just to do things outside their wildest dreams. You could check it out on my website. And that's KaranButler.com, of course. We'll have that linked in the bio where you can also check out Butler Elite Basketball Program, which basically does for other at-risk youth what you did for yourself, using basketball to focus the energies of kids in a positive direction, giving them an opportunity and a path forward that leads them away from the streets and towards confidence, being able to commit to goals and integrity. You know, when I interviewed Meek Mill, I asked him how many other people as talented as he is were stuck behind bars, in his opinion. Obviously, it's impossible to know. And he said, more than I can count. And I don't think he was being humble. Now, I got to ask you the same question. How many NBA superstars have we lost to to the war on drugs, to over-incarceration, mass incarceration, police brutality, et cetera. I mean, if you could try to quantify that as best you can, I'd be interested in your opinion. Thousands. 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 Yeah. When you, when you think about the population of prisons, you know, over 2.3, 2.4 million people incarcerated, large percentage black and brown community. When you think about the narrative that was created all the way ranging back from the eighties and nineties, you know, the only way that you can get out, these community is through, you know, a source of entertainment. You know, one of the greatest artists of all time, you know, Biggie. You know, the only way you can make it out, selling crack rock or a wicked jump shot. And, you know, majority of the brothers in the in the communities, you know, knew how to play basketball. You know, every region had some place where you could play basketball. That was for free. You know, you can be doing some of the wickedest things on these street corners and, you know, migrate to a park or to a community center and hone on your skills. And when I was incarcerated, I got to tell you, I seen some of the the most amazing athletes ever that can do things in Velcro tennis shoes that they always gave you like a size too small, you know? <laughs> and these brothers was, I'm talking about jumping six feet in the air, you know, windmills and taking it through the legs before that was even a thing. Man, we lost so many gifted talented brothers you know you know to the system and we're still losing so many gifted talented people to the system
Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. In 2019, you joined the board of one of the most prestigious and impactful organizations in the world of criminal justice reform. And I speak, you know, with authority on this because I've been doing this work since the early 90s. And the reputation of Vera is impeccable. For people who aren't familiar with Vera, their main objectives are ending the criminalization of people of color, immigrants, and people experiencing poverty, right? It's unbelievable that one of the two main reasons why people get arrested in America is just for being homeless. The other one, by the way, is driving on a suspended license. So drastically reducing the use of jails, prisons, and detention centers, center dignity and minimize the harms of criminal legal and immigration system involvement. I'm so glad that immigration is part of that platform. And then the final tenet of the whole thing is supporting safe and thriving communities. I mean, so what work are you doing with them specifically? What I'm involved with right now as we speak is stop solitary confinement in the state of Connecticut. Solitary confinement is something that really hurts people. I think that rehabilitation should be the focal point for everybody. Barbara Fair had reached out to me in New Haven. She brought it to the house and I flew up down to the Capitol and spoke on the Capitol lawn. I talked about my solitary confinement stint and what I went through and what it did to me, the trauma that I still have from that experience, and also loved ones that have went through that trauma and what they go through and some of the people that can't come out of that dark space. And we talked about all those things on the on the lawn. The bill was passed, SB 1059 bill, stopped solitary confinement in the state of Connecticut. Governor Lamont overturned it. So now it's back up to get passed again. And it's something that we'll be fighting, you know, and hopefully we get it passed. But that's where I'm at right now. Yeah. Amen to that. And you know, as we speak in New York City, it looks like we're about to lose those gains that we made on solitary confinement and getting rid of it. And it's a man, it's one step forward, one step back. But, you know, in all the years I've been doing this work, there's more momentum and more good people from all walks of life that are on board with making these changes. And it's going to happen. It's just a question of when. And it's a shame that people are still trying to undo the good things that people like you and I and others have done. But you know what? Like you said, all we can do is keep fighting because we're right. It, it doesn't seem complicated. I don't know why it has to be like this. I don't know why there's a default to cruelty in our correction system. But, you know, other places in the Western world don't do it like we do. And I think, you know, eventually we'll start to treat our incarcerated population as human beings. And so I guess now, having covered all of that ground, we got to talk about your autobiography, Tough Juice. I really got to the point where I wanted to write this book where I was uh, spending time with Kobe in Los Angeles, my season that I played with the Lakers. And he always writes down like all his, you know, Sometimes his feelings, his emotions, things like that in real time, he just keep a journal of it. So I remember, you know, probably four years after that experience, it was probably 2008 or so. 
he tapped into me after a game. He's like, "Hey man, you been keeping notes and all that stuff, man. You got a you got a wicked story, man. You got a hell of a journey. You know, you're all star now. You you're a philanthropist. You you know, you invest in entrepreneur. You got businesses and all this different stuff." And I was like, "Yeah, man, it's pretty cool." And you know, I I had to tell a shameless lie, but I I wasn't. You know, I was keeping a mental note, but I wasn't keeping actual notes and I started buying journals and it started like really taking notes because of that conversation that me and Kobe had. And I had about three years of, you know, documented notes of, you know, my feelings, my history, my, my present and how I got to these places. And I was still nervous to share my reality to the world. And once again, I turned to Kobe. We spent about an hour talking about it and he was just like, man, I want to, I'm going to write the forward for it. It would be my pleasure and honor to do that. That's how the book became a reality. The, the rest is history. Tough Juice, My Journey from the Streets to the NBA. It's a great read, and I'm excited for everybody to get your copy and dig deeper into Karam's incredible, incredible life journey. So now one more thing. <laughs> well, first of all, I've heard that you're making a movie of your book with Mark Wahlberg. So that's that's fantastic. Congratulations on that. Thank you. And you and I have one more thing in common, which is that we both write children's books. And, you know, of course, my book is Lulu is a Rhinoceros. I'm working on my second one now, but I wrote the first one with my daughter. I'm writing the second one with her as well. And you just signed a deal with HarperCollins to make three children. Are you writing them yourself? What was the impetus behind that? Yeah, I am writing them and I'm partnering up with someone to do some of the writing with me, Justin Reynolds. I was thinking about just the kids that I've encountered through these different programs, the 3D Foundation, through Cops and Kids, just being in the community, my basketball program, NBA pros that's playing that came through my program that I'm just like inspired just by their stories and their journeys kids that come from humble beginnings, people that come from a tremendous amount of adversity, real adversity. These are not fabricated stories. These are real stories. And they find a way to sustain. They find a way to make it in life. They find a way to attach themselves to the right mentors and how important mentorship is in your life. And what a blessing it is to go through some of these adversities at a young age because it prepares you for life. And that's why I felt like these stories needed to be told because I was inspired by these these young people. And I know that the world will be inspired by them as well. Yeah. Amen to that. I think it's great. And I'm looking forward to, I'll probably see it on your Instagram before, uh, <laughs> before anybody else, you know, cause I, I follow uh Quran and I think you should too. Uh, you got a lot of stuff going on and it's all, it's all good. It seems like it's all in service of others. And, and I'm excited to work together. Uh, to make more positive change. And that's exactly what we're going to do. Do you allow yourself to think ahead five, 10 years with these organizations and where you want to be or where you want them to be? Or are you just sort of focusing on making sure t today's right and next week? Like, how do you how do you view that? I try to have a combination of things. Uh, I try to focus on today and tomorrow, the small gains. And then I also try to focus on the big term stuff. 10 years from now, 20 years from now. But in fact, like if the world is going to be the way that we envision it, because we're fighting for equality, we're not fighting for like advancements or us to be better or these laws to be more favorable. We're just fighting for equality and real justice. And hopefully we're not fighting 10, 20 years from now. Hopefully there's a mass shift and people see the wrongdoings that have been happening and you know, communities that's been underserved and 
things that have been edited out the constitution that's not been favorable for, you know, black and brown people for years and that hopefully they, you know, shift and everybody get on the same accord and these institutions and organizations don't even have to exist because the only reason we're in existence and the only reason we're fighting is because it's underserved communities out there and it's injustices happening. So we have to continue to fight daily. Yeah, your goal, it sounds like, is the same as the goal that I put out there for the various different organizations on whose boards I serve, whether it's Families Against Mandatory Minimums or Drug Policy Alliance or Innocence Project. We want to be put out of business, right? We just want to be, we want to get these problems fixed once and for all, create a fair and better system for everyone, and then shut the doors and work on something else. So, okay, now. Here's the closing of the show. It works like this. First of all, Karan, thank you for taking the time from, I mean, you got your family and you got your 10 different careers that and charities. And so I know it's hard, but I, I really appreciate you sharing your amazing story and in your spirit as well with our, with me and our audience. So now we turn to my two favorite questions. One is called the magic wand question. It works like this. If I was to hand you a magic wand and I was able to grant you one wish, you could wave that wand and change something, what would it be? I would ask for one more wish. And that would be equality for everybody. A broken system that's fractured. I want a system that's together and we have to start at the root and the foundation. It has to be dismantled and rebuilt, favorable to everybody, equal for everyone. And, you know, last but not least, just making sure that you know, with correcting generational traumas and things that happened in the past, you know, just reconnecting with my biological father and having that relationship with him going forward. That would be uh, paramount for me. If I could add one more request, it'd be like taking away juvenile diabetes from my daughter, just to be authentic and transparent with, you know, the fans and everybody that's listening. You know, Karan, all I can say is that's beautiful. And All the best from me and all of us to your daughter and to you on your search. And now, before we go to our closing, I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in and listening, joining us for the second season of Righteous Convictions with Jason Flomp. And now, the closing of our show is called Words of Wisdom, where, first of all, I thank you, Karan, Karan Butler, for joining us. And then I'm just going to relax. I'm going to kick back in my chair close my eyes, turn the volume up on my headphones, and I invite the audience to do the same. Just shut everything else out for the last minute or two as we listen to anything else you feel is left to be said. I think one of the biggest things for me, uh, we talk to our players all the time about collaboration being a new innovation. You know, no one's bigger, no one's better. It's just all about coming together for the right cause and the right initiative and moving the needle towards progress, about leaving the right legacy. So when I think about those things, I think that if we live our life understanding this, that you know, right is right, no matter who's against it, wrong is wrong, no matter who's for it, I think we'd be in a better place. I truly thank y'all for this time and let's continue to change the world. Let's continue to shake up the world. And let's continue to stay true to ourselves and be who you needed you know, when you was growing up. Salute.
Thank you for listening to Righteous Convictions with Jason Plum. I'd like to thank our production team, Connor Hall, Jeff Clyburn, and Kevin Wardis, with research by Lila Robinson. The music in this production was supplied by three-time Oscar-nominated composer Jay Ralph. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Lava for Good. You can also follow me on TikTok and Instagram at It's Jason Flom. Righteous Convictions with Jason Flom is a production of Lava for Good Podcast in association with Signal Company Number One. You dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com. Come.